Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. So um, before we get started, I just want to give a couple shout outs. Um, The first one is I just want to give a shout out to the Lord for this amazing opportunity. I don't take it lightly. I think you guys are a great church. This is a great ministry. And so I'm just so thankful to have the opportunity to come preach here. Um, For me, preaching is a joy. I'm growing in it. I'm loving it, but I love preaching. Um, And I really believe that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And so this is a gift. And I just want to thank him for that opportunity. Um, The second shout out that I want to do is to your church. I I, I just want to give a shout out to you guys. You guys are an awesome church. We came here this morning. We're like, man, this church is great. Should we move here? <laughs> Should we? Is Brent looking for youth leaders? Can I come volunteer? Like, this is, um, when I went to Summit, uh, I heard about you guys a lot. Like, everyone that comes to Summit uh, Pacific College, it's the Bible College in Abbotsford, everyone's, like, hyping up GT. Uh, at least back then, you guys were called GT. Now, Coastline, love the rebrand. Um, everyone's, like, hyping them up. It's like, GT this, GT this, GT this. And I was thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope they live up to the hype, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to be rude, but I'm like, man, this sounds great. And so, because we all have that one friend, right, that always hypes everything up. You know, you have that? It's like, this is the best sushi place in town. You go there, you're like, have you had sushi? Like, this is, this is the best burger place in town. It's like, dude, what? What kind of burgers are you eating? Like, this is... So I'm like, okay, I want to see what Coastline's like. And I'm not even hype. I'm not even just trying to hype. Like, you guys have an amazing church, great leaders, great people. And so, um, yeah, why don't you guys give it up for your church quick? Why don't you give it up for your leadership? It's an honor to be here. Um, and, but I don't want to give like an Oscar speech, so I'm just going to move into the message. Because <laughs> um, you guys are like, all right, we know our pastors are great. Um, but... Like Pastor Lucas said, my name is Peter, and um, I come from a very, very big family, okay? So we, we moved from Congo, and then we went to Uganda, and then we moved to Calgary. That's where my family lives, and I live in Abbotsford. And my family is huge. Um, well, not huge. Eight people. Um, so we have my two parents, three sisters, and three boys. Um, and my family loves Bible names. Like, we just, that's everyone. My dad's name is Samuel, Bible name. My mom's name is Angelique, Bible name. My older sister is Lawrence Zawadi, which means wisdom. Um, my other sister, Nema, is just Lynn, Grace. Um, it's also her birthday tomorrow. <laughs> she probably hates this right now. She's like, shut up, move on, move on. Um, and then I have brothers, Isaac, David, and my name is Peter. We just love Bible names. Like, we, we think Bible names are awesome. Uh, my wife, Megan, and I, we just got married, so we're not thinking about kids yet. But... <laughs> We have talked about baby names, and I think Bible names, like, because I just, I personally think, like, there's some good Bible names, and there's some Bible names that we all just want to avoid. Am I right? Like, we just, like, everyone knows the good Bible names when you name them, but the bad ones, like, you're not going to go name your kid Cain. You're not trying to set them up to kill his siblings, you know? You're not going to name your girl Jezebel, right? Like, you're not going to go to a party. It's like, here's my girl Jezebel. 
some of you guys are like, what's wrong with, what's wrong with Jezebel? What's that? <laughs> or I don't have any issues with this name, but you're not going to name your baby Bathsheba. Am I right? Like, it's not a bad name, but it's like Bathsheba, really? Should we consider that, Megan? Should we add that to the list? <laughs> Bathsheba. I was telling my brother about, like, just some funny uh, Bible names, and he's like, what about Lucifer? And I'm like, what? Dude, I don't think anyone's considering that. I don't think, that's not making it on anyone's list. <laughs> he's like, dude, you never know. Lucy, Lucy. I'm like, stop, David, stop. No, this is... Um, but the worst Bible name that I think that I know you guys are definitely not going to pick is Judas. I don't think anyone has a friend named Judas. If you do, you probably have a lot of trust issues. Let's be honest. I would have trust issues. And for those of you guys in the room that don't know who Judas is, Judas is the guy that betrayed Jesus. And so, and the, and the interesting thing about Judas that I love is this guy literally walked with Jesus. Like Judas was picked by Jesus. Right? Jesus chose Judas, brought him on, it's like, hey, I want you to be part of the 12. I want you to be a disciple. And Judas came along. And the thing is, Judas got to be a part of all the miracles that we read about and hear about. Judas was a part of seeing Jesus, like, you know, turn the water into wine. He was there. Some of you guys are like, I wish I was there. Judas was there. He got to see that. You know, Judas got to see Lazarus come from dead. Judas got to see Peter, uh, Jesus walk on water and calm the storm. Like, Judas got to see all this stuff. And the craziest thing about him is he still betrayed Jesus. And so a couple weeks ago, my sisters and I, my sister and my wife were sitting in my office and we're going through the gospel accounts and we're reading about Judas and we're sitting there. We're like, why did he do it? After all you saw, after all you experienced, why did he do it? And so for the next two hours and 45 minutes, that's what we're going to be exploring together. I'm just playing. Just an hour. <laughs> okay, can you guys turn to Matthew 26, please? Matthew 26. We're going to camp out there. We'll hang out in Matthew 26. Um, and I just want to read this together. Matthew 26. And let's go to verse 20. Matthew 26, verse 20. And this is what it says. You guys there? You good? I guess there's a big sky Bible behind me you can look at. And this is what it says. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12 disciples. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, each of them asked in turn, am I the one, Lord? He replied, one of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die as the scriptures declare long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for the man if he had never been born. And then verse 25, Judas, the one who betrayed him, asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus says, you have said it. And so that's a lot of tension at this dinner. Um, but let's, let's just pray and then we'll get started. If you want to close your eyes and just take a second. I think sometimes we can be awkward about silence, but... Let's just take a second and just invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts. Invite him into this place. God, we honor you today. And we just want to take a second to invite you into our hearts and our minds. As we open up your word, I pray that you would, you would show us who you really are, God. Would you soften our hearts tonight? Would you open up our hearts to your word I pray as we learn that we would actually feel closer to you, God. We don't want anything fake. We want you. 
And your word says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So I just pray that you would fill every single person here. It's not by accident they're here. So I just pray that this message would speak to them and that we would leave completely different. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Um, like I mentioned, I went to Bible college uh, at Summit, and um, something that stood out to me that I learned was when, you, when you're reading a Bible passage, sometimes we can quickly skip through it, but it's really important for us to just stare at it. Stare at it long enough. And this passage that we're reading, I want you guys to all just look at it. If we can get it back on the screen, please. Look at verse 20 to verse 25, if you're able to. And I think there's something here that we can see is... Judas, the longer you stare at it, you see that he had a completely different view of Jesus than the rest of the disciples. Do you guys see it? When Jesus drops this bomb, like I don't know if you've ever been at a dinner when someone just says something really awkward. You're like, now? Really? This can wait until dessert? Like we had to, that's what Jesus does. He's like, look, one of you guys is going to betray me. And all the disciples are looking at him. They're like, what? Is it I, Lord? But then look at Judas's response. Is it I, Rabbi? Rabbi, or some other translations will say master. And that's referring to teacher. Teacher. And the biggest thing about Judas is his view of Jesus. I think one of the reasons why Judas betrayed Jesus is because of his view of who Jesus was. And I have a question for you. What's your view of Jesus? How do you see Jesus? Because if you see it the way that Judas did, Judas only saw him as a teacher. And the thing about seeing Jesus as a teacher is saying, hey, I acknowledge that you have really good teaching. I acknowledge that what you're saying is true. I actually like some of it. Love your enemies. I like that. You know, I, I'm, I can vibe with that. Like, you like that stuff. But when it comes to applying it to your life, you're like, ooh, I just like the teaching. And before we judge Judas, we do the same thing too. We love sermons. Come on. We love Bible verses. We put them on our Instagram. We put them in our body tattoo. Like we love all that teaching. But when it comes to actually applying it and living it, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different challenge. And when it, the difference between Judas and the other disciples was this. Judas only saw him as a teacher. He called him rabbi. The other guys called him Lord. And what it means to call Lord is like, like what Pastor Lucas was saying. Like, are you going to trust him with your life? Are you going to make decisions based on like, okay, Lord, I'm coming to you with this decision. Are you going to, before you enter a relationship, are you going to go to him and ask for his approval and his guidance? Before you spend your money, are you going to trust it with him? Before you make decisions about your sex life and work and career and school and all that stuff, are you going to let him be the Lord of your life? And there's a very big difference between teacher and Lord because when you see him as a teacher, you enjoy the content, but you move on. But when you see him as Lord, you move back and you're like, Lord, I surrender to you. Because here's the thing, we all know this. The biggest thing, think about your teachers. The best place where the teachers have authority is in the classroom, right? In the schools. Like I know for myself, like I told you guys, I grew up, I was born and raised in Africa. And so school system is very different from there to here. Like, and I got to experience both of them. And it's fun, but it's so, it's so different. Like in, in Congo, like you, if you were late, you got beat to get discipline. If you left the classroom, you had to ask for permission from the teacher. And only that, like sometimes we had to ask for permission to go sharpen our pencils. Like that's how serious it was. When I moved to Calgary, it was so different. It was so different. Like my classmates would leave in the class to go to the bathroom whenever they wanted. I had this one girl that literally would pull up in sweatpants to class. And then the next week, I think she brought a pillow and a blanket. Like it, she just didn't care. Like it was just so different. But the same thing applies. We saw teachers the same. 
They had authority in the classroom. They had authority, but then as soon as, as soon as spring break came, as soon as Christmas break came, as soon as the semester was, as soon as we graduated, it was done. The teacher was done. They didn't have authority over your life. And it's the same thing that we do with the Lord. We look at Jesus, we say, God, you can have authority when I'm sitting in the classroom, when I'm sitting at church, when I'm reading my Bible, but as soon as I close the Bible, as soon as I leave the church, I get to decide what I'm doing with my life. And that is the tension that we live in. And that is the thing that Judas did, is he saw him only as teacher. He only saw him as his rabbi. He didn't see him as Lord. And if you only see Jesus as a historical figure, as a teacher, you already know it. You kind of get into that point where you're like, it's so easy to betray him. It's so easy to walk away from this. I think the second thing that I, the reason why I think that Judas betrayed Jesus is I think he had this unwillingness to allow Jesus to truly, truly heal him. I don't think Judas actually let Jesus truly heal him. Like, let's be honest. Like, imagine, okay, let's put ourselves in Judas's shoes, okay? Let's say Judas actually grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. And so Judas got to see every other family, like, have all this new stuff. He got to see um, his parents less because they had to work more. Like, let's say Judas had to, like, take on more responsibilities when he was younger because he didn't have a lot of money. And some of you guys probably experienced this too, right? Because we, maybe you grew up in a family that you didn't have a lot. And so you craved money. You always thought, if I have more money, I'm going to be able to do more things. And so you grow up loving money more than anything. And then Judas, guess what? He gets picked by Jesus. And now he's on Jesus' side. And he meets Jesus. And the Bible tells us that Jesus appointed him as their treasurer. Judas was watching over the money. And isn't that just like Jesus to put you in a position where you have to face the one thing that, like, that you're struggling with or you're insecure about? He'll put you in this thing where you have to go face to face with these things. Because we thought, okay, if I get promoted, then all my weakness stay behind. It's like, no, all these struggles always come up with us. Our love for money, our love for control, our fear of this, it always walks with us. And the thing about Judas is he didn't let Jesus heal him. He didn't actually, he walked with Jesus for three years. For three years. And he didn't allow Jesus to truly heal him. And I think some of us, we do that too. We go to church services. We grew up in the church, but we walk with these struggles for years, since 2020, 2015. We've had the same struggle because we're not letting Jesus truly heal us. Let me show you exactly Judas's struggle. This is something that stood out to me that I was like, oh, this is crazy. Go to chapter 26 again, and let's start from verse 7. Let's go for verse 7. This is what it says. Oh, verse 6. So meanwhile, Jesus is at this dinner party, right? So he's chilling. He's eating with people. Verse 7 says, While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume, and she poured it over his head. The disciples, they're just like, like what is going on? What? Like, we could have sold that money. And, and like, we could have got that. We could have, what does it say? We could have, what a waste of money. We could have used that money for the poor. But then Jesus calls him out and he says, don't criticize this woman for what she's doing. You're going to always have poor people beside you, but she's honoring me. And I just want to talk about this for a second. This is a sign that you're not actually letting Jesus heal you, okay? The sign that you're not letting Jesus heal you is you act fake. You act fake. Look at Judas. Because... The Gospel of Matthew tells us the story this way, right? Matthew is just kind of like, let me tell you the facts. This is what happened. If you read John, John is a little bit more savage in his writing. He's like, let me tell you what really happened. Mary came. She spilled the oil. John doesn't say the disciples. John says Judas was like, hey, 
that's a lot of waste. We could have sold that money and used it to bless the poor. John says, that's a lie. He wasn't going to do that. Judas actually used to steal money. And now you're like, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> like, hold on. What are we reading about? But John calls him out because John says he used to steal money and he actually wasn't going to use that money for the poor. And so here's my point. Sometimes we do a good job. What's up, Ben? <laughs> good to see you, bro. Um, sometimes we do this, right? Is, is we'll act fake in Christian circles. We'll pretend to be something. We'll pretend to, to have good motives. My intentions are well. Like, I mean well. That's what Judas did. I'm going to use that money to bless the poor. But really, we're like hiding this inner thing. And the truth is, and you already know this, God's not going to heal who you pretend to be. And what we do is we just pretend. We hide our weakness. We hide our struggles like Judas did. Instead of opening up, we're just, no, this is what we're going to do. We put on a fake side. And I just wonder what would have happened if Judas actually like let Jesus see his weakness. If he wasn't trying to pretend if he wasn't trying to mask anything. The other thing is, when we don't let Jesus heal us, we see worship as waste. When other people are worshiping God, we're like, you're going to use all that energy? You're going to use all your time? Because <laughs> Judas looked at Mary, and he's like, why are we wasting all that? That's a year's salary. I looked up a year's average year's salary here in Victoria, and it'll say like around $50,000. $50,000. So Judas looked at Mary and he's like, that's crazy. That's a lot. Why, why would you use all of it? I get we can give Jesus some of it, but not all of it. Not all of it. And I think that's our heart sometimes is because we don't let Jesus heal us. And so when we see other people who have experienced the healing that Jesus offers, we think they're crazy for lifting their hands in worship all the time. We think they're crazy for always dancing and shouting. We think they're crazy for giving their time to serve him. Because the truth is, it's actually us. It's not them. It's us. We still have this unhealing that's going unnoticed. We still have this thing that we haven't actually let Jesus heal us from. And so we think anyone else that has experienced that healing is crazy. We think their worship is wasteful. And I really wonder what would have happened if Judas actually submitted to Jesus. If he just let him heal him. Jesus, I'm struggling with money. I just saw you heal that person. Can we talk about this issue? And some of us, we're walking through here, man. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, some of us were carrying things that we've been carrying for a very long time, and we're not letting Jesus fully, like, actually heal us. And we walk through services, and it feels good, but truly we're too scared to open up. And I get it. Some of these things, you want a safe place. But Jesus is a safe place. His love is safe. His love for you, he's, he's not judging you. He knows. Jesus knew about Judas, and he still walked with him. That's why David in Psalm 51 says, Create in me a clean heart. David knew that God is able to do that. And I hope before you leave here, you know that God is able to create a clean heart in you. He's able to wash away these sins, these temptations, these struggles that you carry like baggages, and he can actually make you new again. Judas wasn't willing to let Jesus heal him. I think the last one is, and I'll invite my friend uh, Mario to play with my keys a little bit. Um, the last one, I think, was Ju Judas. Um, he was disappointed in Jesus he was disappointed in Jesus. I'm just going to slow down, let the Holy Spirit speak to the room a little bit, because I feel like um, this one is a lot of us sometimes. What happens is we walk with Jesus, but then when things don't happen in the timeline or the way that we expected it, we're like, God, do you even care about me? So the story with Judas is this. Judas was actually walking with Jesus for a very long time. 
And so Judas always heard the kingdom of heaven's coming. The kingdom of heaven's coming. Jesus is going to overthrow the government. Everyone's going to worship him. All the government's going to bow down to, Jude, to Jesus. And so Judas was like, if this is true, I want to be a part of it. I'm going to be on Jesus' side. I'm going to wait around for the blessing to come. But then towards the end, Jesus all of a sudden starts talking about how he needs to die. And Judas is like, what is happening? <laughs> Where do we switch? I thought you are going to rule over this place. And now you want to die? And then in that moment, Judas turns away. And again, before we judge Judas, we have to remember, we do this too. We come to Jesus. I want to be married at this time. I want to go to the school. I want to have this career. I want to experience this power. I want this fame. I want this popularity. And we bring this to Jesus and we're like, we expect we have a shopping list. But then the thing that Judas didn't realize is he was actually wanting Jesus to be his slave and not his king. And I think that's the issue that sometimes we have too, is we have this massive shopping list. And don't get me wrong, before, before I go off, like don't get me wrong, God loves to provide for us. God loves to provide for his kids. The Bible says that look at the flowers, look at the birds, like I take care of them. So how much more for you? So don't worry, God loves to provide for you. But when you want the blessing more than the giver, when what carries your faith is actually what he's gonna do for you and not for who he is, as Timothy Keller says, when you find God more useful than beautiful, then all of a sudden you start to walk in this position where it's like you're dependent on him being your slave instead of your king. And if we're being real in this house, some of us have expected Jesus to be our slave, to work and do things for us instead of actually worshiping him. And what Judas did He wanted Jesus to serve his desires. Because if you go to Matthew 20, 26, verse 14, check this out. This is so cool. So Judas goes to the high priest. And this is what he says. He says, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And I was thinking, I think we all do this too. Like we go to social media and we say, how much will you pay me? What will you give me? What will you offer me to betray Jesus, to let go of my faith? We go to our careers and say, what can I sell to you so that I can actually walk away from this? We go to relationships, broken relationships, because we feel like Jesus isn't filling us. And so we go to these relationships and almost like, how much will you give me? Judas was so betrayed in Jesus. He was so disappointed in Jesus that he went to these guys like, how much will you give me? And I think that's the danger about being disappointed is we have to remember that God is safe enough that we can actually wrestle through our disappointment. And those of us that we choose to walk away from wrestling with that with him, we can actually end up looking into other places to fill us, to give us all these things. But then the cool thing is this, and you have to take note of this. So Judas gets paid, he gets the money. But then when he realized what he did, the money was worthless to him. And the lesson there is this, sin is fun. Some of you guys are like, what? Did he say that in church? Are we still, <laughs> is Pastor Andy okay with that? <laughs> Let's be honest, sin is fun. Sin is pleasurable. We enjoy it. It's fun to do it. But the thing about sin is it promises you more than it can actually give you. And Judas looked at the money more and left actually way empty than he was. 
And I was thinking about this. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is us. Like, this is what we do is we feel like we come to Jesus and we wait for him, but then he doesn't give us what we wanted. And so we look at these things that are promising us immediate pleasure, immediate satisfaction. And so we go to them, but then they leave us way more broken than we were. And then we're sitting here feeling worse. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I was so scared to talk about this part specifically because I was like, oh man, I don't want to be the guy that talks about this. But here's the truth. Hmm. What tends to happen is we forget Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Wow. I think there's, there's some people who can actually give in to just killing themselves. Because they come, you get to this point where you're like, I thought, I, thought, I thought Jesus was going to do this. But then we confuse him. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Just in your own way, can you please close your eyes for a second? I think some of us have thought about what it looked like to commit suicide. Because we've been like, man, this is it. And I was scared to talk about that because I didn't want you guys to assume it. But the truth is this. God gave his life. Jesus gave himself so that we can actually be set free. And those of us that believe in him we can actually experience that grace. You're so good, God. You're so wonderful. I feel like there's someone in here who's actually wrestling with that. You're wrestling with God in that sense. And you want to come back. We worship you, Jesus. Sometimes we can commit suicide because we feel like we're not good enough. And Judas didn't know. And so you just wanted to call it quits. So he takes his own life. It was too heavy.
And I hope that you don't do that too. If you're in this room and you've got to the point where you feel like, man, this is just too much. Jesus died so that we can be set free. Jesus died so you and I can actually experience that goodness. And so we need to give that to him. Let me just close with something that's really special to me. Jesus really spoke to me about this. Towards the end, he tells his disciples, he pulls Judas. Isn't that crazy? He chose Judas. He chose him to be a part of this. He chose him to be a part of the 12. And this whole time he was pulling him closer, trying to show him to him. But Judas wouldn't accept it. Judas was wrestling with it. And then at the end, he goes and he's praying. And he's standing there as he's praying. There's so many different thoughts about this one. One of them was, Jesus starts to express, he says that like, he's actually like, he's feeling torn. He's feeling pulled in so many different directions. You guys remember this? Let me read it for you actually in verse, let's start from 36, please. I'll be quick and then we'll pray because I feel like God wants to do something right now. So verse 37 says this. So he took Peter and a few other people and he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here with me and watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it's possible, please, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. Could you watch with me? He went back to the disciples and told them, can you guys just watch me for an hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not be given in temptation for the spirit is willing, but the, but the body is weak. And then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken unless I drink it, your, your will be done. And when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for, this, for they couldn't actually keep they can keep their eyes open. And verse 44 says, so then he went to pray for a third time, saying the, thing, saying the same thing again. And then he came to this place and said, go ahead, sleep, have your rest. But look at the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of the sinner. And just go quickly to um, 27 verse 44. And this is what it says. At noon, darkest fell across the, across the whole land until three o'clock. And at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice. And he said this, I don't know how to read that, but this is what it says, which meant, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Okay, let me just try to explain this part because I think this is so important. So Judas betrays Jesus and commits suicide. And I think the biggest lesson there is that we have to remember, sometimes life becomes so heavy. And we want to quit. And we want to give up everything. But Jesus came so he can offer us a second chance. Jesus came so we don't have to feel heavy and carry all that stuff. But then look at what he does. He goes to the garden and is praying. Like he went to the garden so often. Like so much so that Judas actually went there so often with him too. But the thing about Judas is, I mean the thing about Jesus is, he's now distressed. Like he's in anguish and he's like sweating and he's, and he's stressed. He's like, what's happening? And one commentary says that what was happening is Jesus was being, was getting to experience what hell would be like, what life in hell would be like. 
and it didn't want you and I to experience that. And so he's sitting here and he's thinking, I can't let them go through that. He was thinking about you, he was thinking about me, and he says, I can't let them walk through that. And that's why he didn't quit. That's why he didn't quit. And the biggest thing that we all have to remember is Jesus actually experienced a lot of pain, a lot of struggles. Jesus was getting beat. He was getting betrayed. All these people lied about him. But the biggest thing that actually, like, actually, like, pulled him to the side where he was like, God, why have you forsaken me? Is God's presence. When he said, the Lord, God, God, why have you forsaken me? And it shows this. In this world, you and I are going to face so many troubles. We're going to face so many struggles. But the biggest thing that we can actually lose is God's presence. The biggest thing that we can actually miss out on is God's presence. And so I want to encourage you. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who it is. But he went to the cross. He died so that you and I can have the opportunity to live for him forever. And so I actually want to invite, um, Robbie, if you want to come back up. I just want us to respond to this. As I was preparing for this, I think one of the biggest things that I wanted to do is I just didn't want to preach too long, but I just wanted us to pray because I think some of us were disappointed in Jesus. We're disappointed in God. Maybe things haven't worked out the way that you thought, maybe timing-wise. Maybe for some of us, we're just wrestling with trusting in him. I want you to know that his love for you is so deep that when he went to the cross, he was thinking of you. He prioritized you. He wanted you. And he made a way so that you and I can actually experience him forever. And some of us were walking with so many disappointments, so many hurt and heavy shoulders, but I want to encourage you the way he feels about you, the way he sees you. He doesn't want you to walk away. And so I don't know what you're experiencing. Maybe you feel disappointed. Maybe you feel like he's not your God anymore. Maybe you feel like he's turned away from you. I want to encourage you that tonight, before we even move, before we even leave, that you can come clean again to him. You can come experience his power, his presence. You can come experience his love again and be renewed. And some of us were disappointed. We're carrying faith. We're thinking, God, you promised you're going to do this at this age, at this time. But really, this disappointment is carrying and it's it's too much for me. And I need your help. And so as I was preparing for this, I just felt like God was inviting a lot of us to just surrender again. Surrender your worries. I know you're nervous for the future. I felt like God was saying for us to just come clean and lean on him again. I wish some of us would actually experience how much he loves us. Because we're sitting here, we're trying to care for our needs, we're trying to care for our personality, and Jesus is saying, I have done that. I have sacrificed all that so you could be with me. And so I just want to actually like open up the space for prayer. And I want to invite you guys to stand up if you're able to. In your own way, just start inviting him in your heart. I don't know if any of the points that I said spoke to you. But I feel like he's here. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to heal you and he wants to take you back. 
especially those of you guys that have been walking with him for a very long time. Don't doubt that he loves you. Don't doubt that he has a plan and purpose for you. Jesus, we invite you to come do what you love to do. You know our hearts. So we surrender to you, God. We give you everything in this moment. There's things that you want to speak to us about. There's things that you want to heal. There's things that we just need to lay at your feet. And so I just pray in this moment, God, that you would do what only you can do. We're going to sing this song together. And whatever you feel, the Holy Spirit is just leading you to surrender and lay at his feet. Please do so. Don't hold back. Let's pray and sing this.
Let's sing that bridge one more time. I think that's where we need to end tonight. Like a rushing wind. Come on. Like a rushing wind. Come on. Jesus, breathe. Because this is the line that's important. Lord, have your way. Not my thoughts, not my pains, not my hurt, right? Lord, do what you need to do in my life tonight. Come on. I know you're saying a lot. Stir within my soul. Lord, have your way. Lord. We end here. We end on this note. Lord is having his way. God is taking control. Come on. Like a rushing wind. Come on, lift your voice. Let's breathe within. Yes. One last line. Come on. Like a mighty storm. Stir within. This is our prayer. Come on. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. That's the key, church. That's the key. That the Lord will have his way tonight. That we're not leaving letting our thoughts run wild. That we're not leaving with, with our mind going in one direction, but with God as our foundation, with the love of Christ that over, like fills our cup, that the peace of God, the hope of God, the faith of God, that the cross really does do the transformative work that is really powerful, that changes lives. Amen? So can I encourage you? This, this, this sermon, it really, it, it, it pushes at your heart but I do hope you'll do as Peter says and that you'll wrestle with the Lord. That you'll wrestle. That you'll go to him with your tensions because I'm pretty sure, I believe this with all my heart and we sang a song about it tonight, that he takes the broken and he makes it beautiful. Amen? That he takes the hopeless and he brings, makes us hopeful. That he takes those who need rest and he brings life and rest. That is what our God does and that's something to celebrate. Amen? And so don't leave discouraged. Don't leave disappointed. Don't leave frustrated. Leave filled with hope tonight that the cross really happened, that Jesus is real, and that he really, really loves you and has a plan for your life. Don't leave discouraged. Man, leave determined to know more of God and let him have his way in your life. That is our prayer. Lord, have your way. Amen? Amen. Peter, thanks so much for the work. Can we show some love? Thank you, Peter. We love you so much.